Welcome to episode 50 of In The Saddle podcast. I am your host, Mark Roski, and I'm joined by Lucky Loaders, Katie Clements and Paul Callahan. Start off with Lucky Loaders, going for five naps in a row this week. You confident? Maybe, maybe I think the luck might just be running out now. I think the last few weeks we've had a few uh, short price ones to get stuck into, but I thought this weekend was uh, quite tough. Um, so I've got one at a bit of a price that I'll reveal later on, but uh, yeah, hopefully we can continue that streak going. Interesting. Fortunately, we got Paul Callahan back this week. He can facilitate the short ones. How's it going, Paul? Yeah, very good. I missed last week, so I'm just going to have to pace myself that I'm not a bit fresh in the early stages of this recording. Yeah, you'll be grand, don't you worry. I'm having improvement from the GA at the weekend. Yeah, it was poor, poor performance now from, from me last, last weekend, but we'll be back next year. I'm sure you will be. Um, Katie Clements, how's it going? Yeah, reasonable. Um, I had an all right um, few selections last week, didn't I? For a first time, I think it didn't come off too badly. Yeah, you were banging the men. It's unfortunate that uh, Ewood Park was a non-runner. Uh, Is running this week, though? Yeah, um, I've got him in my tracker, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> and I'll probably be having a few quid on overnight. Um, I'm sure everyone else will be as, as well. Tell us tell us about Grimetti. Uh, we've seen some stuff on Twitter about him. Uh, you give us an update? Uh, so he has had a kick in the field from one of the other horses and has a small fracture on his radius and has in the process of this damaged his extensor tendon as well um, and has a horrendous infection that we're trying to get under control at the moment if it gets into the tendon or the bone then he's in real trouble but currently he's bright and well um NAF have just sent me loads of stuff to kind of try and help keep him fit and healthy, help the bone knit and help his digestive system whilst he's on the box breast as well. So that was very good of them. That was obviously kind of them supplying you with the, the free gifts. Um, we'll probably see who we can plug this week, just for joke. <laughs> anyways, anyways, let's jump into this, okay? We're going to have a look at Newbury on Friday to start with um, and obviously on Saturday. Um, and also got the big race in Newcastle on Saturday as well. And then we're going to end off with some Fairy House on Sunday. Um, starting with Friday's action tomorrow. Um, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. Um, we're going to start 3 o'clock long distance hurdle grade 2. Start with Katie Clements. What do we like here? Uh, I was really torn on this one because I'd love Paisley Park to do well. Um, and then I really like McFabulous as well. There is a question of whether he will stay that extra bit of distance, but who am I to question what Paul Nichols does? Um, and I've picked Sam Spinner. I really like the horse. Um, I know he pulled up recently at Weatherby, but this time last year he had a good run, three from three. I'm hopeful he can make a comeback. Um, still just one moment, Sam Spinner. Um, what's putting you off Paisley Park? Still of interest. Nothing. Nothing. I'd love the horse to win. It would be a great story. Um, just trying to find a different angle than going with everyone's favourite. Yeah, don't worry. The other two guys, um, they've got the short prices covered in this race. Um, it, you get, well, there's 10 runners declared at the moment, so you get the three places. Um, if you can get four places, that 20 to 1 looks massive for Sam Spinner. Um, Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I'd love to see Paisley Park. I don't think there'd be any 
horse racing fan that would love to see Paisley Park back in the, the winners' enclosure. Um, I'd expect. I think Time Hill is is attractive enough at a bit of a price for Richard Johnson and Philip Hobbs, but I do like McFabulous. Um, I thought he was. I thought I was really taken by his performance, albeit he was he was odds on favourite when he won the Paris and War at Chepstow. But I was really impressed with that performance. He was a horse that was quite keen in his in last season, but he seems to have matured with the with the break, and he he was quite settled at Chepstow. And albeit he had every reason, given that it was his first run of the season, it was his first run since the the middle of March, he had every reason, every excuse to be quite keen at Chepstow, which he wasn't. So I think he'll be. I think if he settles, which I think he will, I think he's a horse that will that will further his credentials for the, the stairs division at the, the festival in March. I think he will on Friday. Yeah, he was very impressive in the Persian War at Chepstow. Um, absolutely hacking up. Obviously, this is a bit of a step up. Um, it's important to know as well, he's getting three pounds off Paisley Park. Uh, Paul Nichols stables are absolutely flying. Um, five to two, currently best price available. Um, what do you like here, Chris Loader? Yeah, I think this is probably the best race we've seen so far. Definitely on this side of the pond um, in the UK over the jumps so far this season. I think it's a cracking renewal. This race normally, it's normally just one good horse against a bunch of average stayers. But um, I, I think it's actually quite hard to, to, to really pin down a selection because there's quite a few in here that you could give chances to. I saw um, Emma Lavelle just being uh, interviewed on Racing TV not long before... Um, not long before uh, we came on, because she had a winner at Taunton today, and she was saying if Paisley Park had won the Stayers Hurdle, this probably would have only attracted about three or four horses. So the fact that you've got quite a few up-and-comers in here trying to uh, trying to beat him is really interesting. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. The one I've just come inside with in the end is Paisley Park. It's not very original, I know. I was just looking and thinking about some of the ones that, that could maybe potentially beat him um fabulous i've got a lot of time for you know he couldn't have done that job more impressively at chepstow but i would have my question marks over the form but he could only beat what was in front of him that day and he will get three pounds for paisley park but if you look at paisley park he's rated 167 he's miles clear of anything else in this field okay you've got the likes of time hill that could improve but I don't know about Time Hill. And also as well, Philip Hobbs' horses have been running a little bit below par this season. And even though that Albert Bartlett has worked out quite well, he did have a couple of excuses in that race for maybe why he didn't win it. But I still think he's probably... Uh, there's just something at the back of my mind about him. I can't put my finger on it. But Time Hill, I, I probably wouldn't want to get stuck stuck with him here. Uh, Somerville Boy, um, again, one at Aintree. Very interesting horse, but... I think uh, I think he'll just get outclassed in here, even though he is a Grade One winner in his own right. Uh, and and Sam Spinner as well was interested in what Kate was saying there. He he's definitely going to be up there making the pace of this race. Uh, likes to get on with things. And a couple of seasons ago, was a very classy horse. So he's no mug on his day. And maybe Hadlin can get him back to light. But I just think um, it might pay to to be with the horses that are going to be held up here down that long straight and. If the vibes about Paisley are correct and he's in good form, goes well fresh as well. He's never lost on his uh, first start of the season before um, when coming back. So, yeah, a lot to like about Paisley Park, I think, if if the hype's to be believed. And I think I've seen two to one in the place. Um, if he runs to his rating or just even a couple of pounds below, I think he'll, I think he'll win. He's actually best price available. He's about a nine to four there. Um, I wouldn't, maybe McFaggis might go off favourite on the day. Um what did you make of Lissagar Oscar's reappearance run behind Roscana? What do you think make of that run? 
Yeah, um, I think Liz Nagaroska, I don't know, it's still hard to say if it was a fluke if he won that stairs hurdle, you know, because he had shown some good form before that. Um, I think he would have needed the run. Rebecca Curtis says that he would have, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just horses. There's a few horsemen through the ranks like McFabulous, Time Hill, that maybe just might be a little bit better than him and might have a little bit more progression. Whereas Liz Nagaroska, I, I think if he's on the top of his game, he might be able to beat some of these. But yeah, I just, I just would probably be against him here. I think. I think also as well, the track at Newbury might not suit him. So, yeah, uh, not for me. Interesting. Um, I think that could be a place lay from uh, Chris Loder with Time Hill here. He's, he's told us two aren't going to win. Actually, um, one night in Milan sort of caught my eye. Um, it's a 100 to 1 poke, maybe to run on in the additional place market. Add some decent form behind. Is it I right? One of Crystal Lights and Emmeton. Um, obviously not for winning purposes, but if there's any additional markets, maybe nick a place um, at big prices. So Crystal is on Pacey Park, two to one. Katie Clements, Sam Spinner, twenty to one. Paul Callahan on McFabulous at five to two. Uh, still moving on to Saturday. Um, we're still at Newbury. We're going to have a look at the Jerry Felden Intermediate Handicap Hurdle listed race. We'll start with Paul Callahan. What do you like here? I think Maria's Rock obviously has to be taken seriously. She's running off, uh, she's rated 141. Epitante won this off the mark of 137 last season. So I'm not saying Maria's Rock will end up to the, you know, scale and the heights of Epitante. Only time will tell, but she's certainly, she, she's interesting. She's three from three. But Botox, ha, Botox has, was impressive on, on seasonal reappearance at Cheltenham at the showcase meeting. But the one I'm going to come down with is Sebastopol for the trainer-jockey combination of Tom Lacey and Johnny Burke. He missed a number of big, of intended engagements in quite hot, hot contests, but so I think he's clearly held in, in high regard. I'm a big fan of Tom Lacey's. He needs to step up on what he's done so far, but he's only a six-year-old having a seven-start. Tom Lacey does seem to be, he does seem to have the old-fashioned approach. Obviously, you need the, the owners and what have you, the patient owners, to, to, give, you, to give the horses time, but... I'd be expecting a big run at a price from Sebastopol. Yeah, I know you like a Tom Lacey runner, Paul. I'm not sure if you've got shares in that yard or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big fan of, of kind of letting the horses... Obviously, you do need the owners, and in the current climate, it's not always easy to do, but I would be a big fan of just letting the horses come to themselves in, in time, you know, whether it's in, we'll say, 12 months or, or 24 months, you know. Sebastopol is currently 9-1, to one, best price available for Tom Lacey. It's Paul Callahan's. Sounds quite confident there. It could be an early nap. Uh, Katie Clements, what do you like here? Uh, I said last week that I liked Time White, so I figured I couldn't pick anything else, could I? Um, again, it's the right trip. The ground should be good for him. Um, Nichols and Cobden. They did also have... Wild Max entered in this, but uh, no longer. So when they declared Cobden for Time White, I figured he'd be the one. Although, if you look at the pedigree of the two horses that they did initially have entered, you'd think that Wild Max was better suited to the race. But yeah, I'm going to stick with Time White. Still, though, every chance of 141 here. Um, Connection certainly one to obviously an eye catcher and um, big bucks. Um, Harry Cobden on board certainly a positive. It's quite short on the bang at the moment, five to one. Um, obviously nine runners on each way proposition. 
definitely an exposed of one for one and one that could easily go a favorite on the day um chris Lodi, what do you like here yeah um i th- i thought it was between two here uh, Marie's Rock and Milkwood. Uh, Marie's Rock, you've really got to respect Nicky Henderson. I think that I'm not sure if this is quite an epiton uh, uh, 2.0, but um, I think the way that they talk about her potentially, possibly even being a champion hurdle horse, has got to be respected. You know, uh, she's undefeated as well under rules, and the way that she won at Taunton on her last start is real shame we didn't get to see it at Cheltenham. Was was showed that she was really top class. Uh, beating Midnight's Gift, who actually is no mug herself. She won a handicap at Fakenham a couple of weeks ago off a mark. I think it was about 130, if I remember correctly. So she st- definitely um, sets a decent standard here. And if the hype's to be believed, she's definitely got a um, go close. But I just think she's been well found in the market now. And it's a little bit short as a betting proposition. If I did have to have a bet, I thought Milkwood was definitely a good each way one here. Finished fourth in the Welsh Champion Hurdle at Foss Last behind So Royale, Ballyandy, who's boosted that form by running a good race in the Great Woods. You have Buzz in there as well, finishing third. One at a canter at Ascot um, in a fair handicap uh, last week where Nico didn't even break sweat on him. And also as well, the fifth place horse, um, Mario De Pau, uh, won a race at um, at uh, Weatherby. And that form has had a little bit of a boost to it as well. So Milkwood brings a lot of strong form to the table here. He likes good ground. And um, yeah, I think it's hard to to leave him out of the frame. And I think as a betting proposition, I'd rather be on Milkwood than Marie's Rock. But total respect for Nicky Henderson, send a Marie's Rock here. But, and she's definitely probably the one that's uh, a grade horse in a handicap. Yeah, Milk is currently 13 to 2, best price available. Um, another each way proposition for Neil Mulholland. And Marie's Rock, um, off 141 as well, same as Katie's selection. Um, it's currently, as you say, 6 to 4. And I think when we spoke about an hour ago, that there was about 15 8 available. That's been hoovered up by Chris Loder already. Um, 11 to 8 in places as well. Um, so just to go through the selections from the team here, Chris Loder likes Marie's Rock, uh, 6 to 4, best price available. Milk with 13 to 2. Katie Clements likes. Time White, uh, six to one, best price available, and Paul Callahan's on Sebastopol for his favourite trainer, Tom Lacey at nine to one. Uh, moving on to the three o'clock in Newbury, the Labrooks Trophy Chase. We'll start with Paul Callahan. What do you like here? I think at a price, if you're getting having an each way punt, I wouldn't put anyone off Cloth Cap. I think he he loved the ground. He was third. He, he did miss a, a. I think it was the open week. He was declared one of the, the big handicaps. But missed it possibly to the deterioration in the ground. He was a good third at the showcase meeting behind Froden in October. Um, albeit he was beaten 15 lengths, but by the winner. But I, I would expect Klaus Cappy, I wouldn't put anyone off having an each way punt. He's rated 136. If we go towards the other end of the handicap scale, I, I'm going to stick with Vindication for Kim Bailey and, and David Bass. I think it's interesting that David Bass is side with Vindication as opposed to two for gold. He's partnered by Kieran Gethins. Cheek pieces on for, for Saturday. Now, he, he to me, he jumped like a horse at Weatherby. He jumped very careful. He jumped like a horse that had a fall. And obviously, he hadn't had a fall. He was fourth at the, at the festival behind the, the conditional. Wasn't beaten all that far. Um, I think on a, a return, I, I just think I was, I was really disappointed with him in the Charlie Hall. Like he was beaten after three, four fences, which is, which is not him. I know he had an away day at Newbury, which... School and he had a couple of he jumped a few fences down the back under Kieran Gethins. 
he jumped out to his right. He didn't jump that great again. He, he was just jumping like a horse that had a scare or fighting himself somewhere along the lines. Um, he's schooled at home. That's gone. Reports are that he's that he's schooled well, and I would fancy vindication to to bounce back here on Saturday. I was just I was pretty dis I was pretty disappointed with him now, as in the Charlie Hall. Not that he was beaten, but he was beaten from the landing side of his third fence. Possibly even David Bass might say the landing side of the first fence. You know. But um, I'd be expecting Vindication to bounce back. Like when you look at Klaus Kapov, one three six Vindication as a marker, one six one, surely to be to be thereabouts. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the Charlie Hall form. Obviously, there's another one in the race. I right, I know Chris Loder's eyes are lighting up here, and one that he likes. Um, only being two lengths by surname on the day. Um, one six one. I'll skip that away to I right, but he's definitely found in the Ben here, six to one. There's no surname in this race. Uh, Vindication six to one for Paul Callahan, and the cloth gap's currently. 12 to 1, 80 Clements. I can also see a twinkle in your eye. Which one do you like? I I put forward Crosscat for this one. Um, I like him from, again, from a pedigree point of view. Um, from this, by the Stallion, from Anna Cotti, and more of that, Topville Ben, Thomas Darby, like smart, smart Stallion. I've enjoyed watching the horse run. Um, Richie McLernan rides him. Um, at John Joe's a lot and really likes the horse. Yeah, I'd I'd have a punt on that each way. Good. Uh, uh, one, one, three, six. Uh, what price? I don't know. Twelve to one best price available. Uh, that run behind Frodon wasn't actually that bad. Um, no. It looked quite far out. Um, wasn't jumping that well, but I think this is a much easier task. Um, and obviously eighteen runners. Um, you might be able to get five, six places in this field. This it was is his first run back after a break as well, like. Yeah. You'd expect him to uh, to improve for that one. Um, for Slaughter, I know these are the races that you dream of. What do you like here? Oh, yeah, I absolutely love these races. I love trying to find one weeks and months in advance. to you give me the fear, Chris, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, interesting, I'll just talk about um, Clough Cap there. Yeah, um, he, he's definitely one I would have had on my shortlist for this race. There's quite a few here that I could still be tempted to have a bet on a cloth cap he's definitely a horse that's threatened to win a big handicap and the ground has to be in his favor and what i should have mentioned earlier is that the ground this weekend uh, in england at least anyway um it's going to be good ground at newcastle and as well at newbury which is very rare for this time of year so those horses that have got good ground form are finally going to be hopefully able to have their day and cloth cap definitely i think is off a very workable mark so he is an interesting one um vindication as well going back to that race with i right obviously listeners will know that i've been on about i right for quite some time i've been banging on about him for the last couple of months for this race and they're finally going to send him here a few nervy moments because harriet graham actually was involved in an accident a couple of weeks ago and there was a bit of uh there was a bit of a scare that she might not be able to make it down to newbury um because she was going to be driving the horse box herself all the way up north so long journey down south but um fingers crossed uh, she is still going to be able to make the journey so, so that's great there but yeah this horse i right um with vindication um when they met in the charlie hall i right got four pounds from vindication this time he's going to be getting 11 pounds so that's an even that's another advantage to him and he ran a great race to be fair to him that day um was up there with the pace uh from from the off um and i think the the track on Newbury would definitely suit him and his form as well from Kelso reads really well. And that's well went on to win the old row and chase. My only thing that I'm annoyed about is he's been well found in the market. Um, and I do think he's got 
a few pounds to play off uh, his mark of 150. But there's a couple of other darts I, I will just mention quite quickly. Cause you I, could... I just interrupt you. Are you surprised the handicapper didn't put more than four pounds? Yeah, I think that was quite generous, actually. Um, but then I think I think it says a lot about that race. I think the fact that surname was quite weak in the betting that day and it looked like he didn't really get out of second, third gear. And that was the first time surname had ever won over three miles, had one going that way round as well. I just think, despite how impressive it visually it looked, there's still a couple of question marks over that race. So maybe the, the, the few pounds that he was given is a fair reflection on that. Maybe the handicapper does know something a little bit more than we don't. But I still think visually that looks quite lenient on how he ran. So yeah, I think I think that was I think connections would be quite happy with that because he could have easily gone up to probably in mark at least one fifty, could have gone maybe up to one five three, one five four, you know, but yeah, I right, I think he's definitely got a massive chance. The other two horses I will quickly just mention um, that I think could run really well. The one that I'm actually starting to come around with now, this would be probably my number two selection. But sorry, I'm ha sorry everyone, I'm taking up everybody's time here. But um, <laughs> um, secret investor for Paul Nichols um, finished second behind Native River um, on good ground last season at the course. I was there that day, and good ground is really key to this horse. Second run after a wind off as well. And that's always a really popular angle, especially these days we're allowed to know that horses have had wind ops. So again, that's another thing. And that run at Kempton's not worked out, uh, not Kempton, sorry, run at Chepstow's worked out not bad. Potterman ran a great race to finish second in the Badger Beers and some chaos came out on one as well. So that form looks really good. And also as well, his run behind, like I said, Native River makes him look like a dangerous player uh, in this race. And also as well, Le Um again, ground would be in her favour. She's not had that for a long time. She's down to a really workable mark now. Warren Gratterick was actually pleased with that run in the Charlie Hill. Uh, second run after a wind up as well, so that's another tick. Uh, has some great form at the track, beating uh, Lost in Translation. She beats Santini and top of the game in the quarter-star novices chase. If she returns to anywhere near that form, okay, she hasn't for a little while, but um, she's off a very workable mark, a track she does really well at, and the ground in her favour, and she could really run it, outrun her odds. So, yeah, the Bagawar as well would be one that I would want to keep on side here. So, first of all, I just uh, get these in, in order. Okay, the three you put any more. Uh, that, that, that's my tri-cast for the race. There you go. How about it? Last order. <laughs> one more, okay. I write uh, for Chris Loder, 7 to 1. Secret Investor, 12 to 1. Le Bagroy, 25 to 1 for Chris Loder. Um, Katie Clements, like, fluff cap, 12 to 1. She's she's keen on that one. Could be a nap. Paul Callahan, Vindication, 6 to 1. Um, I'm disappointed we can't get something here. Moving on to the two five, the Betfair fighting fifth hurdle, grade one. Similar to the Betfair chase, I hear it last week, Betfair giving away a 5.3 bet to new and existing customers to place on the Betfair exchange on the fighting fifth hurdle. Um, we'll put a link to below to register for new customers. Um, you, can get, you get a completely free 5.3 bet on this race. So obviously, if you don't fancy the, the favourite, you maybe fancy Soy Royale, like I know a few of us actually do. Um, get yourself a £5.3 bet, um, no exposure at all on this race. Moving on to Katie Clements, I know you're quite keen on So Royale. So Royale um, looked great last time out and what isn't to like really, smart horse. Um, yeah, as much as I do like Epitante, it's just, yeah, I'm sticking with So Royale. Although I do also like the look of Ribble Valley for this, but I don't don't know about the ground. 
think this is a one nil. Um, what do you think? It's just the it's just a straight match bit between Epitonti and Soroel. I don't think it. I mean, from the way everyone's going on about it, you'd think that it was just a match race between the two of them. But I don't think it'll be like that at all. I think Silver Streak's interesting. I think Ribble Valley's interesting. Um, I don't think it'll be great between the two. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what you make of Silver Streak's one last time behind for Dana Blue. I just think she was giving quite a lot to do uh, that day. Um, Epiton, you think could be fully wound up for this race? And now's the time to I get. I don't in. know. That is a question, isn't it? Because hasn't had a run yet, so who knows? Sorry, I mean, I liked the performance last time out um, for Alan King. Um, I think he's a, a good bet, five to one. It's just unfortunate there's not eight runners going to crack in each way bet. Um, what do you like here, Chris Loder? Yeah, I, um, Paul probably disagree with me and Katie, but I'm running the So Royale camp here. I just I think just Ep- Paul Callahan's eyes. Like, I was like, "What?" Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that keen on um, Epiton here. I think she's a little bit short in the market. And yes, I know she was such a classy horse last year to win the Champion Hurdle and also as well the Christmas Hurdle. You know. And she did it very well on both her starts. But when I was thinking a little bit more about this, she only really been given a mark of 162, um, which visually you would have thought she could have been rated a little bit higher. Bouva Dare was rated, I think if I'm quite thinking, 170. So it, from what she's done, she hasn't been given a massive rating. Um, and she can still improve, you know. So she, if she won here, she would her rating would go up. But I just think that this, there's a few interesting contenders in here. And So Royale is one of them. I think he's found a little bit of untapped potential still over hurdles. Obviously, he looked exposed, you know, a few seasons ago. But it's interesting that they've gone over hurdles. And he's picked up, OK, maybe a, a weak king, where, um, a weak um, elite hurdle at, at Kempt, uh, Wincanton, sorry. And... Um, and also as well, Welsh Champion Hurdle. But like I said about it earlier, that form of the Welsh Champion Hurdle was really good. And he did it in second, second third gear that day. You know? So there's a lot more to come. And the ground will be in his favour as well. He's not a horse. He's a horse that is very ground dependent. He needs the good ground. And it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in his favour, you know. And Ribble Valley is as well another horse that I'm interested to see how he does. The form of his Carlisle race is actually good as well. Because Molly's Ollie's Wishes was my nap on my YouTube yesterday. And uh, that 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 boosted the form there, so it'd be interesting to see how he does. And I think Silver Street, you can't dismiss him either because the race last year when Cornerstone Land tried to make all uh, Cornerstone Lads tried to make all, um, they gave him an easy lead that day, and all the rest of the field were panicking in behind in 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 the closing stages, you know, and and it was only Bouvardier that was coming from them that was challenging the leader and silver streak to be fair if if if, if he'd not let uh cornstone lad had such an easy lead he might have been able to beat um he might have been able to beat um Boover there that day um i think it's gonna be interesting tactically i think not so sleepy and cornstone lad will try and get on with it again and i think it will set up for the closures and it will be who has the best turn of foot but given seven pounds away to epiton is going to be difficult for some of these horses but i don't think it's um that straightforward for her and there's as I said, I think so Royale, I think a five to one, he's quite tempting. Alan King hasn't won this race for a long, long time, if ever. That... You shouldn't have said that, Kate. I was going to try and get even money in the match bet with Epitone with Chris Loder. <laughs> I was just having a look. Um, Nicky Henderson's got a, a good good track record for this race since 2008. He's won it 
one, two, five times, six times maybe. Yeah, he's def definitely uses this as a springboard. Buva Dare's won it the last couple of years. Punjabi's well won it a few times. My tent or yours. So, yeah, it's definitely definitely a race he likes to target for his best hurdlers. Something did come to light when Buva Dare got beat um, by Connor Salad and Nectar from the front. He did pick up a, an injury, didn't he? Did he not get a cut? Something in the second last hurdle. Yeah, and that's what ruled him out for the rest of the season. So, yeah, yeah so it, 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 upsets can happen in this race. Paul Callahan, with the favourite here? Yeah, Epitan, I think, I think it's form she takes the beating here. Um, like, she was a good winner. She was very impressive of the, the Jerry Phelan at Newbury on a first start last season. Do you know, if she's anywhere straight at all, I think she, she as the price would, would reflect on her form, she, she takes the beating here. So, Real, as the guys mentioned, was very impressive in the, the Welsh champion hurdle, backed that up with success at Wincanton in the, the elite hurdle was very impressive on that occasion on his last start so i think it's fairly much priced accordingly here silver streak on the champion hurdle running with epitante has been around 10 lengths to find with the mayor will he to overturn that you know he has to to make that 10 lengths up and then go past her i don't know ribble valley again it's the northern horse taking on the, the southern raiders here is he good enough like he got well held behind master debonair when the pair met at ascot last season is master debonair good enough to beat epitante i don't think so ribble valley as well won you know was the carlisle the time of that carlisle race um wasn't particularly fast as was his, his victory at weatherby back in november last season the time was quite slow so i think you know weighing up everything i think it's epitante to to get the better of sorel to, to fill the first two home to for an argument another argument which i raised a couple of weeks ago we have only three of the seven runners represented that are trained in the north of england which i think is is cause for concern i know there was on, on various public uh, social media platforms last weekend there was question marks over the small fields which i i kind of got involved in one of them the arguments and and to which i was told well if, if someone gets a hiding then your horse is going to be put up i've never seen a horse to get put up to get crucified by the handicapper to receive a hiding. However, I do get the point. Um, a horse that I rode in the past finished second to Menorah on his race course debut and lived off that run for the rest of his life and that horse never actually won a race. But, you know, the, the argument that was put to me was that everyone's saving these horses for the four days in March. Well, the entries in March, this March in particular, must be going to be unbelievable. They're going to have to put on another four days of Cheltenham if, if, the, the, amount, if the number of horses are being held back for, for the festival. You know, when you're, you're talking about sort of the Norman trainers, do, do you think it's, it's down to the fact that people, the quality of training in the North, I'm trying to wear this because I don't want to upset anyone, right? Do you think that yeah. the quality of training in the North isn't as good in the South or do you think there's just an ignorance towards favouring Southern trainers? Or I don't, there's always been that kind of North. Like I remember one man winning the, the, the Library's Trophy when it was the Hennessy and it was the, the Northern runner coming down, Tony Dobbin, got down to do 10 stone, a young Tony Dobbin. Um, which was, you know, that there's always there was always kind of that divide between the north and the south in class. Um, I don't know, like, but I, you know, when you think back to 15, 20 years ago, you had Ferdy Murphy in England, in the north of England, Lenny Lungo. These trainers had the guts of a hundred horses in. You know, Howard Johnson, Dick Ferdy Murphy retired. You know, the late Ferdy Murphy retired to France. There's a lot of jockeys, a lot of national hunt jockeys are either 
you know, they're, they're choosing a different career path, whether that be playing their trade on the flat or, or just getting out of racing altogether. Um, like, it has a knock-on effect on everybody. See, I don't think there is... I, I just think the... I think the trainers are there, but I, I just think the... I suppose the Southern trainers are, are that bit more sexy or maybe it's prize money. I, I don't... I'm not educated enough to, to know the, the solution to it, but it's been, a, it's been a problem that's been there and it's only been getting worse, in my opinion, in the last 15 to 20 years. I can't help but think that the kind of North-South divide is a financial thing, though. Like, you have to have money to own racehorses, and there is no doubt that South of the country is majorly affluent. And if you're an owner, where are you going to have your horses in training? Somewhere you can go and visit them. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're a sheep, you're not going to be sending horses to Glasgow, are you? To be honest. Sorry, Jim. (laughs) Um, yeah. No, I just think it is. It's worrying, and it has a knock-on effect on everybody. Like if if you have a jockey who's maybe a lesser-known jockey, but quite a capable rider, um, who who has has done all the work on the horse, maybe won it a couple of times, but you have five runners and Richard Johnson or Brian Hughes are at the meeting. We'll say Richard Johnson coming up from the south. Um, you, well, you're not going to have Richard Johnson sitting in the weigh room watching it on telly and having the other guy because it costs exactly the same money. It's just not going to happen and. Likewise, I suppose, with a lesser-known trainer, if you do have a horse that you think something of, now you're going to have it with, with a, a small trainer with maybe five or ten horses in the north of England, or you're going to have it with, we'll say, Paul Nichols, for example, or Nicky Henderson, who's who's having winners left, right and centre. It's, it, the whole thing has a, has a snowball effect, and then you have the staff get affected in that. I mean, it's just, I think it's worrying. I don't know what the solution is, but, but I do think it's worrying. I don't think there's that many horses being saved for the for the festival in March. Do you know, just, uh, I know we're sort of digressing here, but you know when you were at Howard Johnson's, did you ever ride out English Driver? Graham Wiley? I sat on once. Yeah, like if you look at the quality of that race when he ran in final fifth behind the likes of Solwa and Archibald, I mean, it's top and cheese compared to this, isn't it? Like that, when I was at Howard's, he had three festival winners. He had Arcalis won the Supreme, um, no refuge. I think won the novice, the two and a half mile novice, and Driver won the first of his of his three world hurdles, um, and that was it. Now, having said that, Howard was probably Nicky Richards as well. I suppose was was a decent enough would would have been a big yard as well, but Howard was probably cleaning up in the north. He had Moni's garden, didn't he? Big Kiel star. So that's right. Yeah, Nicky Nicky Richards had had Moni's garden. Um, but like when I moved first, I think Len Lungo was was in the was in the north as well. Like he was one of the biggest trainers in in England. Um, and then obviously had to, due to financial reasons over the years, then had to had to choose a different different career. That's that's before my time. So Chris and Katie uh, have got absolutely no chance for that one. Anyway. <laughs> and then a gamble at Carmel. That's all I know. Anyway, moving on. Right. So. We have uh, Lucky Holders is keen on Soroyal with Katie Clements, 5-1. to one. Uh, Paul Callahan's up at 20. The mayor at 4-6. I'm quite keen on her as well. I think she's going to take all the being. Unfortunately, we can't get even money in the match bet, which is very, very unfortunate. Moving on, we're going to have a look at... We're still in Newcastle. We're going to look at the bet for exchange rehearsal handicap chase listed. Katie Clements, you have the floor. What do you like? Uh, <laughs> I'll probably really regret this because I... Adore this horse. Um, the butcher said he is quirky and 
weird and really difficult um they can't ride him out in the string at home because um ollie will tell anyone like you could put the best jockey in the world on him and it would be a disaster so they ride him out on his own um and yeah he's really quirky and i back him all the time and more often than not i regret it but there's just something about him i really like he can make a mistake over a fence he did make a mistake last time out um but yeah i'm hoping that he'll have his day available at the moment 92 quite short in the betting um chris loader it's nap time um <laughs> nap time there we go suspense here we go here we go there's a horse in here that he, some people might think this is a really left field selection and it is to somewhat of an extent um, but I just think that this horse is extremely talented and has never just had the conditions in his favour and on Saturday it's going to be now or never with him but I just think he's quite a big price in this field and that is Brave Eagle for Nicky Henderson now you can actually see Paul Callahan and Key just loading up a bet for a count right now yeah yeah yeah, the, the prices on odds checker will definitely be go, go, going to be going blue. Um, but yeah, going back to Brave Eagle, this horse, the key to him is good ground. Everybody knows that. But a lot of for a lot of the big races he wants to be running in, they're always going to be on soft or heavy ground. So he never really has that much of a chance to 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 appear on, on the course, if you will. So he's been quite a lightly race horse, and he's only eight years old. But the ground at Newcastle is going to be good. So that's a massive positive for him. And he's now down to a mark of 153, which is £1 higher than when he won the big summer uh, staying handicap at um, at Utoxta a couple of years ago. Um, and he ran in the Labrooks last year. And I would urge anyone to go back and watch the replay. Um because um, he had a nightmare of a trip round. He was out the back, and when he was making his moves, he got hampered twice. Um, he got hampered really badly at the cross fence by a JP horse. And then there was another JP horse, I think, that made a really big mistake on the first fence down the home straight uh, on the final lap. And if he hadn't got impeded, he would definitely have made the places. Um, I just think he's a well-handicapped horse, um, on on his ideal conditions, and he's a big price. And Paddy Brennan as well is a is a jockey booking I like. All of um, all of uh, like Nico de Boinville and that he's going to be running all of the Nicky horses down at Newbury. So there are going to be a few odd jockey bookings up there with some of the seven trainers that you wouldn't normally see. But I think the time has come for Brave Eagle. He's still only eight years old as well. He's very lightly raced. Conditions in his favour. Loads of stamina, and I just think the track at Newcastle will be absolutely up the street and. I can see him going really close. So brave eagle for me. Um, lump on now. Nap time for Chris Loader. I think he's had a few quid on already because uh, when I got on about 20 minutes, so he's 12 to 1. He's now 8 to 1 in places. And Paul Callahan, did you get about that 12 to 1? Katie as well. It's gone. He's looking at a closet in the safe to get the money on. Paul Callahan, you have the floor. Yeah, I'm going to. I think taking risks is interesting. Last year's winner of. He won it off. A mark of 143 last year. He's disappointed in season reappearance when pulled up at air uh, towards the end of, of last month, towards the end of October. He runs off 147 but does need to bounce back. I think just back to, to what Katie said about the butcher said, not much experience over fences and did manage to 
to make a mistake when last seen at Cheltenham. That was behind the, the big breakaway. If you hit one fence at Newcastle and you manage to stand up, you'll definitely not hit a second because they're, they would have a reputation of being one of the, the stiffest fences either side of the Irish Sea. Um, but they do ride quite well, but they are just they're quite stiff. I'm going to side with my former boss's horse here, Watmore, for Henry Daly and, and Tom O'Brien. Very rare Henry would, would send one so far north. Watmore was a good second when last seen at Ascot, was second behind a horse of Anthony Honeyball's Regal Encore. But he was hanging, he was jumping and hanging towards out to his left, down the back. He obviously has his quirks, but I just think if Tom O'Brien can keep him straight and, and kind of humour him into this, I think what more should be there or thereabouts. I think he's a horse, he obviously keeps a little bit for himself, um, and I just think he's a horse that's better than what his, his bare form has shown. He's currently 13-2 to two best price available uh, for Paul Callahan. Um, Brady, Brady was just went into 7-1 to one there. Chris, was that you? Yeah, going in again. Yeah. Katie Clements is quite keen on the butcher side as well at 9-2. to two. Um, We're going for five in a row here, Chris. Um, all aboard? Yeah, I, I think, like I said, conditions are in his favour and the time is now. You're sweating here. Like, the pressure is on, Chris. Yeah, yeah, it is. Certainly um, is. Just to go through the selections here, Chris Lewis nap. I mean, 12 to 1 at Brady. Brady goes currently 8 to 1, 7 to 1 in places. As we speak, Katie Clements on the butcher set at 9 to 2. Paul Callahan is sweet on what more at 5 to 1 for his former boss. Right, we're going to go across the sea to, uh, I was going to say Sunny Ireland, but certainly not at the moment. Uh, Sunday's action at Ferry House. Um, and obviously, we have the Irish judge in the house, Paul Callahan. We'll start with you in the Royal Bond Novice Hurdle, Grade 1. What were you on here, Paul Callahan? I like she wears it well for Willie Mullins. Um, she's three from three so far, and that includes it. She was very impressive when scoring in a Grade 3 at Tipperary back on the, the 4th of October. And I think it will take you, you know, on betting you, Bally Adam has won his last two as a, as a serious threat, but has to give away the weight so she, she wears it well. So I think Willie Mullins' mare can, can score in the, the Royal Bond. Yeah, currently 13 to 8, best price available. Um, pretty much going through with Bally Adam, it's 6 to 4. Um, Katie Clements, what do you like here? Um, I have gone for Bally Adam in this. I really like she wears it well, but... There's only three runs and they've all been on reasonably good ground. So is that going to be in our favour for the weekend? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm sticking with Bally Adam for this. Bally Adam for Gordon Elliott and Chibi Park, 6-4. Um, lucky Loaders, you going to have anything anything here in our short price favourite? Uh, it's Bally Adam all the way for me. Um, trying to repeat it again like they did last year with Envoy Allen, same, same owners, same Chibi Park. I just expect another Chibi Park winner. Um, she wears it well, yeah, has been running really well, but um, this is definitely going to be a little bit of a stiffer task, I would imagine, for her, even though she has done the job fairly well in a couple of her starts most recently. But for me, yeah, I just think if we're, if we're talking about a horse here that's going to go and win a race at the Cheltenham Festival, Bally Adam... Is, is the way to go. You know, it was, a, it was a quality race last year. Actually, the first three in this race last year were Envoy Allen, Ag- Abacadabras, and I think Darva Star was third. So 
very very good race last year and uh, I don't think it's quite as strong as that but uh, if there is a superstar in there I think Bally Adam is is going to be the one and actually I think come post time I think he could be a shade of odds on so if you can still get what do you say six to four thirteen or eight I think that's a bit of value. Available, yeah. Sound quite bullish here, lucky loaders. Could this be a double if you're not revealed? You want, well, I think you, for the next two races we could stick it in a treble for the weekend, but one of them might might be too short. <laughs> Interesting. You know, you mentioned Annie Postmark. So, what what race is he going for? Just so I can get on now. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't have any a list in front of me, but. I would imagine he, looking at his pedigree, he probably could go for the Ballymore, so a race that Gordon Elliott always likes to target. I think I think um, he's got plenty of um, stamina in his pedigree, you know, and it cost quite a fair amount as well. He was 330,000 at the Cheltenham sales uh, uh, last year. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Ballymore all goes to plan and keeps winning puts out the points and that's what he's got to keep doing obviously but the the Ballymore probably would be the race where I could see him ending in, ending up Crystal is quite keen on Bally Adam I'm actually with Paul Cannon on this one she wears it well uh, William Allen's mare I think she'll take all the beating in this race um, I disagree as well I think she might go a favour but moving on we're going to have a look at the 135 to a more novice chase um, it's unfortunate there's only seven runners here because this would have been an absolute ridiculous race for about each way Um and anything but the obvious here start with paul callahan i don't think so um he's just exceptional i think at down royal he was and while he was long shot for such a big horse he's so athletic you know he's so quick when he's in tight or meeting one wrong touch wood he can obviously he can meet one in a perfect stride as well he can come up long he just seems to have everything so i think bar disaster touching because we do as the prices would suggest he takes the beat, but I think racing you do like to you love to see a superstar and I hope we see an exceptional performance once again on Sunday. It's apparently one to three available at the moment. Um and boy Alan. I did see someone um on Twitter actually said they got even money, but I think that could be Walter Mitty in disguise. But anyway. It's because he did it why he did it anti post, he did he put the bet on it just going. Okay, so maybe not Walter Mitty, I take that back. Okay, Clemens, did you get a better even money? No. <laughs> and I, this is a race. I mean, I don't bet a lot anyway um, because I have the worst look in the world. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't have a bet in this race. If I was going to, I'd go against them for Alan really? because I don't see the point in betting on him at those odds. It doesn't seem worth the risk, although I don't think there is a risk. Um, can you hear her? Yeah. Uh, well, someone, someone, like, is that the Envoy um, Allen yeah, fan sorry. club? She sounds like she's doing backflips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was going to have a bet, I'd go against him and I'd put some money on easy work, but I can't see anyone beating Envoy Allen. Okay. Envoy Allen is at one to three, easy work, uh, best price available, nine to two. Um, do you think Envoy Allen can maybe go off a crazy price here, like five on, six on on the day? I think it would probably. I, I I don't know. I think he might drift a little bit in the betting. It depends what turns up because there are a couple of interesting um, rivals in here that could potentially line up. It depends how many scares of them away. Because at the time of recording, we actually don't know the full the list of declarations yet. So 
the price could drift out a little bit. If, if a couple of these did run, I think he could maybe drift out a little bit. Maybe one, to, what was he now? One to six, I saw, one to five. Freeze on then by Allen. Freeze on, yeah, I could see I could see him maybe, I don't think he would shorten, I think he could maybe get to about one to two, which if we were having a, a treble or a double, definitely would be worth something maybe there. But uh, yeah, yeah, this could be an interesting race. I think um, what's quite interesting, uh, do, do, I remember I was speaking to Katie at the weekend about a horse called, that she likes called January Jets that came second behind Envoy Allen in that um, Dan Royal race. Um, and he uh, and he ran a good race, actually, uh, behind, was it Janadil on Saturday at Nathan Nav? And I get confused between the pair of them because they both begin with N and A. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he, and he did plug on really well in the closing stages. And that was, an, that was actually a really warm uh, beginner's chase. So I think there's quite a lot to like about maybe that run of Envoy LN. What is quite interesting is Andy Dufresne. Now, Andy Dufresne, obviously, he's not the character that's, um, he is maybe trying to do a bit of a escape. Also, he's trying, maybe trying to live up to his reputation from Shawshank Redemption. But um, Andy Dufresne, you know, like, obviously was a promising uh, horse last season, but things didn't quite go to plan and they, they drew stamps early on him um, to go chasing. And to be fair, his chasing um, reappearance at, Wexford was a good run and actually if you look at the race and post ratings if you're into that kind of thing he actually achieved a higher RPR than Envoy Allen first time okay I know Envoy Allen wasn't out second gear but Andy Dufresne if he did turn up yeah there's every reason to think that he could still take another step forward and it might not be as straightforward as as we think Envoy Allen will make it on paper but uh, yeah I, I think Envoy Allen takes all the beating but it could be a, he might have a bit of a race on his hands. So Envoy Allen for the Wayne Chris Lauder and four pounds purposes, um, and you be friend that yeah. we're looking for. Maybe get an even money six to four forecast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if if they both turn up, that could be a good good forecast. But hey, Gordon Elliott's got. I think he's got. Yeah, it's between Gordon Elliott and Joseph O'Brien in there. They they saddle all the runners, so probably will cut up quite a lot. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it might be a bit more of a race than, than 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 we're thinking in our minds. So yeah, Envoy okay, Allen. So lucky will lose Keem on Envoy Allen. Uh, Paul Callahan is all over Envoy Allen as well, and Katie Clements likes Easy Work at nine to two. Um, be very disappointed if we can't get the winner here. I think we'd have to give up. It's all over. Anyway, moving on to the two thirty five Athens Grace Hurdle. Um, one of my favourite mares, um, I mean, runs here. We'll start with Paul Callahan. I think the mare, take, obviously, she takes the beat there. You know, two and a half miles. She's unbeaten. I can't see what will beat her. I think she wins and and wins well. At a price, you might see Ronald Palm. He can be, he's interesting for, for Matthew Smith. He's, Fell one last season over hurdles, but that was at the, at the beginning of the month. But um, he's one that can be a little bit highly strung, so I'd imagine he could be dropped in, and he may just run on for a place towards the end. So, Ronald Pump maybe as an each way proposition if you're having to get stuck in, but I'd be disappointed if if Honey Stuff doesn't win and win well. Yeah, I think she's a good price, four to six. Um, compared to Envoy Allen, I'd be all over Honey Stuff. I think she's a classy mare. Um. 
Kitty Clements. Uh, we've got a guest. What's, what's <laughs> she's she's soaking up now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. What is there to argue with? Honeysuckle, the record speaks for itself. She's amazing. Um, I like Fury Road as well. Um, 10 to 1 on Betfair at the moment, I believe. Um, I probably have an each way on that or maybe go for a bit of a place. Is that yeah. a plug for Betfair there? Trying to get some free bets. <laughs> it's literally just on my screen. So there we go. Must be that ACO. Uh, they're really on it right now. Um, I agree with Paul and uh, Katie. I think Honeysuck is going to take all the beating. Four to six. I think that's a good price. I think she'll go off a lot shorter on the day. Um, Chris Loader. Um, are we with Honeysuckle here? Full house? Yeah, Honeysuckle would complete that third leg of the treble. So the treble would be Ballydam and Boy Allen and then Honeysuckle. Don't know what price you get about it. Um, I'm not much of a mathematician. Yeah, a 25 to one shot minimum. Maybe 30, sorry. No, you would. No, you probably get about five to one on all of them to win, probably, wouldn't you? Um, but I still think that wouldn't be a bad bet. Um, yeah, honeysuckle, love this horse. Um, was one of my strongest fancies going into the Cheltenham Festival last year. Thought she'd just have a bit more of a of a winning attitude than Benny, as I've said before. I think Benny's a very one of the best travellers around in the game. But does she quite? gut it out like Honeysuckle. Obviously, we found that out last year that she probably doesn't. Um, but yeah, Honeysuckle, uh, get some Ezelance here. Lots of things to like. Saudier would be an interesting runner. Um, if he was meant to possibly go to the Morgiana, which uh, turned into a horrible race to watch. Uh, still gives me nightmares there about a St. Why. Um, but... Uh, Saudier steps up and trip. He's never, as far as I'm aware, he's never run over two and a half miles before. So that would be a slight question mark. But we know he can go well fresh. And on, on some of his best form, he, he, he would be a major player here. But uh, yeah, Honeysuckle, for all those reasons, um, yeah, just never lost. Won this race last year. Loves the track. Yeah, just has to go and win, surely. Yeah, that, that Irish champion hurdle in Leperstown over two miles, I mean, that always sticks in my mind. Um, obviously, Dogger Star uh, came to win the race, she battled back. I mean, it was a ridiculous performance of Super Sunday between Mouchoir and behind Charger. I mean, that's a solid form. Obviously, the Cheltenham form as well. Um, I think four to six. Is it, is it a one on one, really? I know we got a one on one beat last week in the match prep. Is this a one on one here? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think so. As long as she jumps, gets round. All in one piece, I think she'll find her head in front. Okay, so we're all with Honeysuckle, all aboard, full house. Um, and obviously that wraps up the top action. Do we have, I'll do a round here. Um, do we have any other bets, anything to look out for, any handicap jobs, any plots? We'll start with Katie Clements. Um, yes. I'm looking forward to Ava Park. Again, I'm just trying to find where it is. Where the actual entry is, it's slipped my mind now. Well, where so, the outside of what we've spoken about, uh, Newcastle yeah. on Saturday. Um, yeah, so I think outside of what we've spoken about, I'll probably have a bet on Ewood Park um, in the 240 at Newcastle and. Castel Gandolfo, Gandolfo, um, horse with Fergal O'Brien. Fergal also has his full brother, um, 
to Carney. Um, he's only three years old, ran really well for second last time out um, and is running this weekend at Newcastle as well in the 11.45. Okay, so one Newcastle there. Nice little naughty double. Yeah. Is that an each way or three on the nose? I'm going for the win. Although, he's obviously Adrian Haskins off at the moment and that's who he'd normally be jockeyed by. Um, so he's got Aidan Coleman on board, I believe. Which, Aidan's great, but I think him and Adrian do communicate with their horses differently. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes for him. Is there a reason why mm -hmm. um, you would part didn't run before? So interest. I think because I don't know if Aiden had ever sat on Ewood Park, and I think with him being very young and inexperienced, they didn't really want to send him into the race with a jockey that's not ridden him. But that's kind of my speculation rather than anything that I know. Yeah. So, okay, he yeah. would part in coming on board and um, come a nice for run. Maybe a bit fragile, but we think he's going to win, don't we, Kay? I'm going for it. I've got the faith. Yeah. Paul Callahan, any other bets? I'm really looking forward to the novice chase at Newbury on Friday afternoon. We fiddle on the roof, Caribbean boy and getaway Trump. It could be worth just taking on the, the favourite fiddle on the roof with, with getaway Trump. Outsider of three, won two of his last three races. Um, I thought Fiddler on the Roof was disappointed, was disappointing a fast last. But uh, saying that, this is our horses are, are seem to have, have torn a corner in the last number of weeks, and he did get back on track. He only beat Silver Hallmark, however, way ahead at Exeter back at the beginning of, of November. So maybe get away Trump just to, to beat the two. I don't know if this is a good thing, Paul Gallahan, but Chris Lohr has been blowing up my phone about getaway Trump all week. He did mention I do recall he, he mentioned him a couple of uh, months back. It could be a fourfold. Yeah, getaway tr Trump. Um, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with Paul. This is a free runner race, and we know I can find winners in free runner races, especially the outsider of free runners. Um, song for someone last week, still waiting for that wine. Um, but uh, yeah, get away, get away, Trump. Go back and watch that Fakenham run, everybody. Go back and watch it because this horse has had a reputation for for a while now, it's not quite seeing out his races and throwing in the towel a little bit too early. But he wasn't he wasn't going to be stopped at Fakenham uh, on his last run. And just because he's a second season novice, that might just give him the edge. Caribbean boy of Henderson's. I couldn't touch him with a barge pole considering we haven't seen him this season and we haven't seen him over a fence. Fiddler on the roof to me, both his starts, even the one at Exeter when he scrambled home. Uh, he looked very laboured that day and and it and it was hard work for, for Robbie to, in my opinion, to get, get the job done. You know, he, he did find the attitude. I think his class got him through and I think he beat no mark in Silver Hallmark. But if we're talking uh, about um, what's going to win this race... Getaway trumpet for the one I think I've seen in the place looks a great bet of an outsider of three. I think he should be personally two to one, and I think he will get found in the market tomorrow. And and if any listeners are listening at the time recording, he is going to be my nap for tomorrow. So there we go. Loaders saving the best of the last, keeping us in suspense. Um, unfortunately, he's currently eleven to four at the moment. I don't know if you took that four to one there, Chris Loader, um, or it could have been Paul Callahan. 
what's the what's the channel there? I'm getting the money on, but it's interesting when you look at his form. Um, when he was quite disappointed behind Gallo, Jamie Snowman, so obviously that's went on, and it was it was no fluke. Um, uh, won easily at Wincana last time out. I saw a solid race. Um, Fiddle on the roof, even money at the moment looks short enough as well. I wasn't that impressed with that performance last time out. Um, I don't think some people were obviously blowing up social media straight after it, but as I say, as I said on previous podcasts, I think that could have been pre-prepared um, when on a neck at Exeter. I wasn't that impressed with that. He's definitely one I'd be one to take on. Nap time, everyone. Um, I'll go first, okay? I'm going for a very optimistic. 100 to 1 in the win market, okay? But I'm going for one night in Milan to nick a place in the additional place market in, on Friday at Newbury in the Labrooks Long Distance Hurdle. And if I can get 20 to 1, 16 to 1, four or five places, it's worth a little play, in my opinion. We'll move on to Katie Clements. What's the nap? Uh, I put Ewood Park as my nap last week and he didn't run, so I'll stick with it for this week. Um, no odds out for him yet, I don't believe, but in the 240 at Newcastle. It's currently, Ewood currently 92 to up forecast. Um, maybe see if I can speak to the guys at Bitfair or Paddy and try and push them out to 8 to 1 so we can get a bit of each way value there. Yeah, get it in, get it done for me. Yeah, that didn't come from me though. Anyway, <laughs> two forty running on Saturday. Uh, Paul Pellahan, what's your nap? I'm not sure if it's a wise nap, but I'm going to side with Vindication in the old Hennessy at at Newbury on Saturday at three o'clock. I think Vindication to David Bass under a first time cheek peaks is under a typically positive bassy ride to, to make his mind up over the first three or four fences and get him into a nice rhythm and take the bait so paul callahan napping vindication six to one and an 18 or a handicap i like that that's optimistic um chris loader what you want yeah as i said earlier moving away from the short price we're going with uh with a bit more um a bit more zest here. We're going with Brave Eagle, being brave, hopefully, and uh, the conditions in his favour, all aligned. This is his time, Brave Eagle. Hey, he was 12 to 1. Um, he's currently 8 to 1. Uh, I'm just trying to work out what the, the odds in the treble and this will be. Um, God, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm, I'm my mathematical skills. Are <laughs> um, it's, probably, it's probably going to be about 100 to 1 plus treble. Um, and they have won before. And um, what we'll do is we'll put the the odds, um, maybe chuck my one in as well to be really optimistic um, for a fourth fourth travel. Um, we'll put the, the selections and apps of everyone on the bio below. Um, but listen, but listen, um, everyone, it's been great. Um, Ten lucky loaders make it five one in apps, twelve to one shot, eight to one brave eagle at Newcastle. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud so you don't miss any of our episodes, especially as those prices seem to be shortening very, very quickly. Gamble responsibly and have a great weekend, everyone.